You're listening to a very moody sports show with Daniel Moody and Zach Whittington. Brought to you by Moody and Sons Electric. For any electrical needs, call Moody and Sons at 864-478-4328. That's 864-478-4328. Welcome into a very moody sports show. I'm Daniel Moody. And this is Zach Whittington. Episode 72. First off, love the number. You? Excellent number. So, usually for uh, the player of the week, we have to do research. I'm telling you, it was a struggle there through the pretty much the 40s, 50s, 60s. Don't know me. You know some key linebackers. Like, I didn't have to research Ray Lewis. You don't have to research Lawrence Taylor. We named it after Lawrence Taylor, right? Yep. All right. Zach Thomas. Did we do 54 Zach Thomas? Yeah. So these are some standout linebackers. Did we, who do we do for 55? I can't remember off I the top hope of it head. was I, – I don't think we did, but Dan Morgan used to play for the Carolina Panthers when we went to the Super Bowl. Tom Brady beat us for his first. Dan Morgan, number 55, great number. Fast forward. We're in the 70s. It's hard. We're probably not going to know other people in the 70s. But 72, Daniel, I got us covered, bro. What you got for me? There, I'm a Clemson fan. Didn't know if you guys know. I try to stay non-biased. Don't know if I've ever revealed the fact I'm a Clemson fan. But uh, Clemson football, historically we sucked. Recently we're great. But we did win one national championship ever before the last two. And it was in 1981. And a big part of that was our defensive line. Had three to four guys go off in the NFL. Chester McLaughlin. William Dean Perry, no, Michael Dean Perry, who leads the Clemson Tigers in, like, all-time sacks. I'm sure one of these new guys broke his record. Maybe they didn't. But his brother, William the Refrigerator Perry, will live forever in Canton, Ohio, in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Dude's got a gold jacket, member of the 85 Bears. And Moody Sports fans, y'all know all about the 85 Bears because we played Super Bowl Shuffle on the pod. Classic, obviously. And William Perry was a part of that. You might not have heard his uh, – you probably heard his portion. I don't know. But he's the fridge, 72. I wore 72 one time when I played offensive line because of the fridge. Wow. What an epic name, the fridge. Yeah, I don't even Being have to say his name. the size of a fridge. Don't even have to say his name. He's literally just calling the fridge. The fridge. Uh, just for reference, by the way, number 55, episode 55 – Legendary, one of the few non-sports athlete play named episodes called Double Nickel. Ah, Double Nickel. Just Double Nickel. So here's the thing. Dan Morgan, I apologize. That was your episode. Should have been. We could go back and change it, but we might not. I'll record a whole segment for episode 55 about Dan Morgan because dude was a beast. Anyways, 72. The Fridge. You already knew it. You already knew it. Daniel, anything exciting happened to you this week? This week for myself. Non-sports. Non-sports related. Uh, not anything crazy. My sisters turned age 15 and Jesus 16 Christ. these past few days. Uh, you know, one, two days before Valentine's Day to one, two days after Valentine's Day. Uh, we can talk Valentine's Day in a second. Uh, although mine, it looks as if yours also was not very eventful. So, um, well, let me yeah, give my... you a hint. I was in the gym for a reason. <laughs> well, me, yeah, my <laughs> sisters uh, turning 15 and 16, you know, they're going into high school and stuff now. And, like, it's crazy, man. It just gives me a realization all the time of, like, 
I'm getting older and it's getting just so quick. It's going so fast. It's strange. Mm -hmm. Um, but other than that, nothing crazy. Zach yourself. I mean, I've been working, man. Uh, work takes up a lot of time, but I did have minor accomplishment today. What you do? I got my first stripe on my jujitsu belt, white belt. So I am no longer a noob, but I'm still basically a noob. But I could choke you out. See, what you explained to me was basically that, like, there was a ceremony at the end of the class where they, uh, you know, acknowledged that you and another member, correct, mm-hmm. uh, progressed forward. Yep. And uh, you said that after, like, immediately after the celebration turned into more grappling and they seemed to turn yeah. it up a notch. <laughs> so I'll, I'll describe it. So we're going to get a little jujitsu talk. I'm no jujitsu master. I'm a one stripe white belt, but so basically how it goes at our gym, you'll do a, you'll do a class, which is an hour, which you do a warm up, which is kind of strenuous. Let's be honest. So like you do like a cardiovascular warm up, but then you do like an hour of instruction and in jitsu, like you're, you're uh, the teacher of the class. Who's a black belt. You call him professor because they're professors of jiu-jitsu. And uh, they teach, and some schools may go super hard. You're in there sweating to the dickens and just grappling the whole time going crazy. Our school, it's really technical. You have to know what you're doing. They tell me, an ex-football player, ex-basketball player, ex-lacrosse player. I've played almost everything. But just chill. you got to chill. you got to slow down. you got to relax. I'm like six foot plus 240 in here, you know, like muscular bodybuilder guy. Like I'm not, I'm not the jujitsu flow, like water type, if you will. But, uh, so class goes on and it's fun. Cause it's like very like complex. You learn some crazy chokes. And then at the end you line up in a line, according to rank, like black belts are on one end and then like Brown, purple, blue, and white. And if you have a stripe, you, you move to the right. As you progress, you move down the line. It's pretty cool. But uh, usually our professor, he's, like, super sneaky about it. Like, because it's, it's literally just a piece of tape when you get a stripe. But he's sneaky. He'll, like, go off in the middle of class and, like, put a couple pieces in his, like, inside his gi. And, like, you won't, like, see it coming. Because, like, you line up. You think class is over. You're, like, about to – you're having, like, your closing remarks. And then he's, like, oh, yeah, step forward. He'll, like, call somebody out. And then he'll, like, pull a stripe out from inside his gi, and he'll hit you with the stripe. And everybody's like, oh, my God, clap. And it's like, congratulations. So that happened to one guy. But then, like, he forgot the tape today. So, like, he lined us up, and he had to go get tape. And we were like, oh, somebody's getting a stripe. So this guy gets a stripe. And I was like, great, good job. And then they call me next. And I was like, hey. Excellent work. Which is great and all. So we celebrate, take pictures. Everybody's like, oos, good job. And then you're supposed to roll. So rolling is like the sport of jiu-jitsu. So we're not learning anymore. We're getting down and dirty. And you're just supposed to switch partners, seven-minute rounds. Let me tell you how long seven minutes is in a roll. It is horrible. <laughs> it sounds exhausting. <laughs> but uh, And it's even worse because you get your stripe, and they're like, great job, but you're showing potential. So all the higher-up belts make it a point to destroy you your first rolls after a stripe. And I had a good roll with a blue belt, and it's strictly because I'm heavy. I had like 40, 50 pounds on him. I went against a purple belt. Like I said, big guy. I felt like a beanie baby getting thrown around the mat. And 
I got humbled. I mean, I was already humble. I knew what was coming. But <laughs> they just went harder than normal. So, Dan, yeah, they they did it to me tonight. But sense of accomplishment, here we are, moving on up in the world. Well, you always tell me that, like, uh, you know, size is a big thing in jiu-jitsu where, like, you struggle. You would be so good. You always tell me that I would be so good, and they would love me when I walked in I'd walk in, and they'd be like, well, great. As I am built different, completely opposite of Zach. Me and Zach are literally two opposites. He looks exactly like you would imagine a sports athlete looks. While I look completely opposite, I look like I belong in the media of sorts because <laughs> that's a great, I'm 130 pounds great and take. five nine. I was thinking, five I was eight. thinking Barclays Premier League is what I was thinking. Oh no 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 no! You need, I, you need a football. <laughs> I started my my life started out with asthma. There was no running for me a lot. So no, yeah, we uh, we we represent. I represent the uh, desk crowd. It's fine. Daniel Daniel is a fan and a student of the game i'm student of the game i'm a fan of the game i'm a studier i yes. love it but yes. anyway zach we got sports to talk about obviously we do not have football to talk about there is one nfl trade that is i would say fairly important something to talk about all right so surprise carson wentz got traded wowzers team's pretty cool though interesting Going to the Colts. Historically shaky team carried by Peyton Manning. Shaky front office carried by Andrew Luck. Band-Aid, Jacoby Brissett, team was horrible. Band-Aid, Phillip Rivers, one year, make it to the playoffs, still don't do anything, and you don't have a future because you knew it was a short-term rental. Now you have the long-term. You have decided to buy the car that is Carson Carson Wentz. Wow. Did not see that coming. Cars in his name. <laughs> you have bought the vehicle, Carson Wentz. You're not renting. You're not leasing. You have bought. So what do you think, Dan? Carson Wentz is a good quarterback to me. I just didn't realize how much hate there is for the Philadelphia Eagles in the media. Philly is getting painted as like the Browns historically and these other horrible teams minus their Super Bowl with Doug Peterson and... Carson Wentz slash All St. Nick. So go ahead and tell me your feelings on the Philadelphia Eagles as an organization compared to like a Browns like dumpster fire, which the Browns are not really a dumpster fire anymore. And uh, also Carson Wentz success in Indy because I think it, it's probably going to work out, man. Well, so there's, I, I think there's a few things that I will look at this trade. And uh, as far as Philadelphia the, the trade they they got is, yes, I think the trade in itself, if you look at the trade that they got through. A third and like a fifth? A third and a second round pick. This is a man the second you can become a first. Second, or second pick of the 2016 NFL draft, and you got a second round and a third round pick for him in two different drafts. I think that alone shows you the issues in the front office, but not also that – this is a team that's been around for 50, 60 years, and they've won one Super Bowl, and they fired that coach without thought 
for no reason at and all. And got and rid then, of your quarterback. And then you got rid of that quarterback, and now you've hired a man who doesn't even wear an actual suit to his interview, let alone his first press conference, and he's a babbler. He can't even speak at his own press conference. He's speaking off cards you gave him, and he's doing terrible. Jeez. So I think it's a terrible organization. As far as the Colts... <laughs> I don't think you're getting the worst issue as far as Carson Wentz. I think you are not only I do I don't think you're getting a player that's going to take you to Super Bowl. I also think you're getting a player that's not going to take you to the playoffs like Philip Rivers did. Uh, Frank Wright and Carson Wentz probably do have a good relationship, and he's going to be able to fix that issue that uh, Carson Wentz had as far as his confidence was in Philadelphia, where he had felt nobody was backing him. Yeah, putting on the new jersey is going to do that, but. I do believe there's still going to be a limit to his ability. And you're also playing in a place where outside of the running backs, what's the big name receiver you got to go to? Like, I mean, you don't have a big name receiver. It's not like you have DeAndre Hopkins over there, like a Kyler Murray. So I think that the trade itself is interesting just because it's another big name quarterback move in a off season where you're probably going to see another like, 13 to 15 quarterbacks move and that's going to be that's going to be unprecedented but at the same time i think in as far as like what this does for next season not very useful okay what about the colts though the colts uh, I mean, the Colts are a fine organization. Frank Wright's a good head coach, and I think their defense is good. But I just don't think Carson Wentz is somebody that's going to propel. Like I think, Phil- I think Carson Wentz is better than Philip Rivers. I think Philip Rivers is the only reason he point. was able to get them to the play. I didn't think they were going to win in the playoffs. I didn't think they should have made the playoffs. I think they made the playoffs because of the experience Philip Rivers brought to that team. Yeah, I, yeah, but. You put a guy who supposedly has all the measurables in Carson Wentz, who's done it at an MVP level, with T.Y. Hilton and a tight end and a running game, like, in a defense? Like, come on. I would say don't be surprised if they should be 11 week and five. one coming out of pre, you know, preseason, not even in preseason, I think week one of the regular season, don't be surprised if they trot out Jacob Eason over Carson Wentz oh as their starter, God. even with him getting the payment he's so getting So here's right the now. thing. Is this the 2020 hindsight that Philly is a horrible organization and shouldn't have drafted a D2 quarterback with the second overall pick? Most likely. Wow. Most likely. Wow. And and the thing is, the MVP season he had could be just the fact that he, like, he got injured, but also it was early in his career. I think that was like 2016, when there's 2017 no tape. when there's no tape. And you also have early time of Doug Peterson at Philly, which means there's a new system there that people are not exactly used to. Then as you see the later seasons go with Doug Peterson, that system gets learned, that system gets shut down easier. Mm-hmm. Nick Foles just happened to be there at the right time somehow. He got lucky and got an MVP. Uh, what? Lucky. It's one of the all-time greatest playoff I mean, runs. I'm you just say kidding. that, just but it was also against what was probably Brady's greatest Super Bowl game of all time as far as statistically. Philly special. somehow the Philly special is what won it. Okay, it's insane. Dude, hey. <laughs> Um, I was about to quote, uh, you know, the end of Waterboy. 
there's the two commentators and the bourbon bowl, and it's like, it's because they didn't hold anything back. <laughs> it's like the one guy's shaking the other guy, but if you've... You know Waterboy like I do. You know what I just said. Waterboy is one of those like all uh, I think is like Space Jam where if you're it's if you're our age you love it, but if you're a little older than us, people of that stupid. age and older they think it's stupid and they hate on it. And, and young you people, know what? there's not enough damn strobe lights and TikToks and young it, so. people don't let <laughs> them tell you. People our age don't let them tell you that they're bad movies. They're great and like we love them. Carry them. Take on them forever. for what they are. Take them for what Take they are. Take Sandler for who he is. Sandlot, all-time class. All of these, all-time classics. Mm-hmm. Don't let anybody hate on them. Mm-hmm. Zach, mm-hmm. NBA, we have, I have a couple. We had a few. We were talking <sighs> before the pod about what we were going to talk about NBA. You know, we can run through stuff. We're watching a game right now in the background here. We have it going. Little Toronto Raptors, Milwaukee Bucks. Um, but... I had a couple questions for you I wanted to ask, and then we were going to talk a little all-star picks. Um, so my first question for you pertained to Draymond Green and his statements he made uh, regarding the treatment of players versus the treatment of the league and the team and front offices uh, around the NBA. All right. So you're gonna have to explain. It. So this, I actually don't know the comments. I vaguely get the point he's trying to make, but you're gonna have to describe the point he's trying to make to me better for me to do anything. So it was after they played the Cavaliers, and Cavaliers recently announced that they wanted to trade on Andre Drummond, and uh, so oh. they had benched Andre Drummond, but and he's out there in street clothes during the game, but. This don't forget while he's doing this while they're not playing him they're not using him so he doesn't get injured he still has to maintain himself as far as physical capabilities to play he still has to act professional he cannot be a nuisance in the locker room like they talk about when you think of like James Harden demanding trades out when you think of Andy Anthony Davis demanding trades out because when you go talk to these fans and these front office people in these places they are not happy with these players um, so, but so Draymond Green was saying, or yeah, Draymond Green was saying that it's unfair that the player can sit there and demand a trade all the time, and he gets vilified by doing it. He's going to get hated by the fans. He's going to get hated by the front office. It's going to be bad for his reputation around the league in general, as far as being a cancer to locker rooms. And so, but when the front office wants to trade Draymond Green, he has to be professional. He has to be in shape at the at the facilities all the time but then he's just going to sit there and not get to play and he has to wait until he gets traded wherever they see fit because you know it's there and so and so it's the fact that they don't have to stand uh, stand with a full contract but the player should have to honor a full contract all the time it's just the discrepancy at which they treat players versus the front office in the league so if i understand correctly and i actually did hear one segment on this it is the argument is trying to be made from Draymond's perspective and a couple players is or people in the media is you sign this contract with the team y'all sit down and you're right that I'm going to pay you 30 million dollars a year or 40 whoever depending on who you are or 10 I'm going to pay you this amount a year for the next 4 years and you're going to play every single game and you're going to perform well and we're going to pay you this amount for 4 seasons and when you're sitting there, you're basically agreeing to, hell yeah, 
we want you to play as hard as you can every single game. We believe in you, all of this. Great. Fast forward to like your last year of a contract, you're getting close to the trade deadline and you're an asset. The team or your team's not doing well. You're still getting paid, but the players are supposedly complaining, Draymond supposedly complaining that what you can't tell, you can't put Andre Drummond on the bench and say you can't play. You should be playing every game up until the trade deadline, whether you get hurt or not. When slow down, slow down. Let's think about the player. What happens if Andre Drummond does play every game up until the trade deadline and tears his knee? They still trade him and then he doesn't get a contract because he had a torn knee for games that he shouldn't have been playing when you knew you were going to get traded to a new team that might pay you at the end of this year. So argument one against Draymond is what happens when Andre Drummond tears his knee up at the game before the All-Star game because you wanted him to play because of this stupid argument against the governors or the worst people ever when they're paying so much money on one- and two-year contracts, Draymond. Draymond, you score zero points in a game, and you're still making 10 to $20 million. You score 20 points, get seven rebounds, nine assists, and five blocks, and you talk more than anybody. <laughs> like I'm not trying to hate on Draymond, but the overall – perception that these players are treated unfairly you have cats to be kidding me <laughs> well and Draymond's other argument uh clever little cats to be kidding. uh the Draymond's other argument he he put forth as another example is like if you give a two second year first year player a rookie that taken in the top three that's expected to come in turn around a franchise carry the team in the first two years if that team's still struggling more than likely most fans and most people in the media are going to come at the player and be like why haven't you figured it out what are you doing wrong what are you not doing right when in reality you probably should be looking at yelling at a 19 you're yelling at a 90 year 19 20 year old you probably should be going to the front office and being like why don't you have better coaching that is teaching him better, that is having him more prepared to play in these games in the NBA? There's because a reason you had the number different. one overall pick. Yeah. Because your organization was it's not doing well top to bottom. fire yeah. most of the time. And so that is the problem. And I do see where Draymond's coming from, but you are right. There's a premise where, like, Dr- Dr- Drummond may not want to play because he is risking energy injury, but at the same time, he is also, if he plays now and the trade happens, or if he doesn't get traded and decides to sit at the end of the season, like say he decides to sit after the trade deadline because he doesn't get traded, he could use this time as sort of an audition for the next team. You know, that's a reason to get incentive to get a contract because this may be the time window you're getting to play. I guess so, man. There's just. Just concerning the player and mention, like Andre Drummond's the issue here. Like, the the league has left him behind too. There's a reason that he's already popped around two teams when he's a supposed superstar getting mistreated. Like, it's because he shoots fifty percent from the line and Shaq ball doesn't work anymore. Like, and I know your second question after this was gonna be the LeBron Kyrie comments, right? And it's like. So this feeds in perfectly. Just go ahead and go on the second Okay, point. so yeah, my next question was, uh, obviously there's going to be a big Nets-Lakers uh, game coming up, and I think it's not this weekend, but I do believe the weekend after, something like that. Um, 
but one of the reporters uh, in a conver- in an interview with LeBron James asked him uh, what he thought about the Nets and the offensive uh, three three you know tandem that uh, trio they put together there uh, and. His, if we've ever seen anything like that in the NBA, and he stopped for a second and then looked at this man with the most confused face and said, "Have we forgot about KD, uh, Kyrie, or KD, uh, Steph, and uh, Clay?" And then in my head, I also even went farther back and said, "Have we also forgot about the big three that started the idea of doing, you know, these big power teams?" So. I think the the question is, who is the better big three? KD, Kyrie, Harden, or Steph, Clay, KD? They're pretty close. They're pretty close. I mean, but you got to go with the one that won three titles, right? You know, like the and one the, is proven. One is proven, and the thing is, is like I think you have to pick the modern day back to the Andre Drummond Shaq ball comments. You got to pick the modern day big threes over the LeBron James, D Wade, Chris Bosh big three because that big three is scoring two points at a time. Hopefully, three if you get fouled, and Chris Bosh was the best shooter out of all three of them. So, you can't keep up with KD, Steph, and Clay. Clay took 11 dribbles and scored 60 points. 11 dribbles. James Harden dribbles it 43 times before he drives to the rack each possession. <laughs> 11 dribbles, 60 points. And I love James Harden's game. Besides the no defense, the step back (laughs) that's a travel, and all the free throws. When I say I love it, I mean it's unstoppable. And he's going to be a factor in the playoffs, especially with these other two guys around him, because KD is a second-best player in the world, and Kyrie is Uncle Drew. That's what I like calling Kyrie. I'm going to call Kyrie Uncle Drew because there's a respect to the street ball aspect of his game, but he's not a rock, a pillar of your organization. He's a great hooper. Don't get me wrong. Harden also showed the other night against a really good uh, Phoenix Suns team. Uh, he came. They came back in the second half, uh, and he clutched it. He clutched it. But it's it was just season. him. It wasn't, uh, you know, Irving and Durant both on the. Uh, but he side did the line. same thing at Houston. He was scoring fifty points a game at Houston all the time. That's what he. That's what we know he can do. I'm saying in the playoffs, what happens when KD and Kyrie have a bad game? James Harden's going to have forty points and seventeen assists, and. That's that's the issue that an injured L.A. Lakers, injured Anthony Davis on the L.A. Lakers face now. Because Anthony Davis out three weeks, at least, I would. I would be, just to protect him. That's some firepower, bro, coming from the other side. So, Yeah, but luckily they don't – luckily for the Lakers in the situation, with Anthony Davis being injured right now – you don't have to worry about it. like you said. It's the regular regular season. You still have a long time to go. You're coming this is up where, on the All Star break where you get off break. That's nice. But also, I think you don't even want to rush them back coming out of All Star break. Like I would bring them back in the last like full month of the season, work them in nice and slowly, be ready for the playoffs. You don't have to worry about playing the Nets if they get to the finals till the finals. But I don't think the Nets are going to make the finals. 
the Lakers just got to hope they got to take. They got to hope they got to play the uh, Jazz. If the Jazz, they do not want to play the Jazz. Nobody anymore. wants. Uh, nobody on the Jazz wants anything to do with LeBron James. You say that this year looks. They look good, and they beat the Clippers the other night. Everyone beats the Clippers. It's regular <laughs> season. And here's the thing. I, when you're talking about Anthony Davis being out, it concerns me with LeBron going to have to be stepping up, but that's also good for LeBron because he's he's probably going to win MVP this year. Oh, yeah. So he's he, he could really lock it up with Anthony Davis being out if he carries the Lakers through. So go LeBron. And speaking of LeBron, number one votes getter, 17 years straight, all-star starter. That's crazy, isn't it, dude? Vote getter. Vote getter. Uh, he coming out of the West, number one. He's the captain, East captain Kevin Durant. I think he got the rosters pulled up. So we'll go ahead and just go through the West. We'll go through starters for each. Starters for starters. Each. For I each like team. starters for each. We'll go good. starters for each team. Snubs from the starting squad. We'll go reserves. Snubs from the reserves. I'm gonna get angry, and then the pot will be over. <laughs> so I got. On the west, in the front court, you're going to have LeBron, and then Jokic is your number two. Nice. Um, he's going to be your big man down low. And then in the back court, you get Steph and Luka, and then also Dame Dollar. Love Dame Dollar out there. Very mm-hmm. solid. Uh, Kawhi, Anthony Davis, Paul George, rounding out the fr- uh, front court and then rounding out the back court. Donovan Mitchell and then Devin Booker getting the nod. I appreciate that. Love the Suns. So Zach, preferences, any thoughts, concerns on it? Any concerns? Dame Dallas should have been a starter. I'll tell you that much. And then uh, secondly, there's a little Luca hate out there in the world right now among starters, starting squad Luca, but. He's an international sensation. You know how many votes that guy got? So, no concerns. I mean, I'm a little bit of a Devin Booker hater, but, hey, I'll get over it. Hey, man, I really think with the Suns, I think Devin Booker deserves it just because, like, he's proven that, like, that team can be legitimate. Even no, before no. the, like, last no. year when you go back to the He's done nothing. Bubble. Chris Paul has proven that he's still good and capable of making teams better because – for the last seven years, the Phoenix Suns have been nothing since Devin Booker got there. It's probably only like five years. But he's a superstar because he scored 70 one time because he's a ball hog and a loss. That is my recurring point about Devin Booker. <laughs> Forgot you hated Devin Booker. Well, you, there you go. <laughs> Zach has a lot of hate around It's not the hate. NBA. It's not hate. It's just we give clout to people for no reason. And then Devin Booker's one of these guys who complains all the time about being a rich NBA player. I'm like, dude, chill. <laughs> Chill. <laughs> In your east. Oh, man. We're just court. getting started. Oh, we're man. Here comes started. the hate, man. <laughs> In the east I'll, front court, I'll like tell. you said, Kevin Durant gets this, uh, the uh, captain nod over Giannis, obviously, but Giannis is going to be your number two. Uh, Joel, obviously, up there. Jason Tatum. Jimmy Butler. In the back court or in the front court, your back court, Bradley Beal gets the nod for a terrible Wizards Starter. team. But like Jesus, he he's deserves leading the league it. in he deserves scoring. Uh, Kyrie Irving, James Harden, Zach Levine gets a nod, and then the one that's just gonna get you heated, Zach. I'm gonna say it with a little smile, Jalen Brown. So here's the thing. <laughs> here's the thing. Everybody's cool on the East. Great, love it. And it's not Jalen Brown's fault. It's the fact that 
someone like Jalen Brown made it, when you have former all-star, should be comeback player of the year, could be Gordon Hayward for the Hornets. I understand he hadn't had a crazy couple weeks averaging more points, more assists, more rebounds, better shooting percentage than his year in Utah when he was an all-star. He's averaging 23 points for the Hornets. Secondly, I'm more upset about Gordon Hayward than anything. LaMelo Ball, no love. You're going to put you're going to put Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum from the horrible Celtics. Danny Ainge literally said today, "We're doing horrible. We have to fix this organization. We're doing horrible." And they have two All-Stars. I'm just, I get it that I'm, like, delusional, but, like, I'm not on this. Gordon Hayward, fringe all-star. I probably should have voted more. I only voted once for you, Gordon and Terry. But LaMelo Ball, number one in the league in jersey sales. And we're putting Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum in the all-star game? I want to know, did did Trey Young get any nods? No, because they give him all the Celtics players, bro. I'm like, Trey Young's probably, you know. They're like, oh, those two guys from the the Celtics who haven't done anything? Let's put them in. Let's put them in. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God. I'm so Uh, angry. He did all-star game. Very (laughs) moody. Also, though, like, Man, All-Star I just still don't get it. Like, I understand you enjoy All-Star Weekend. I think the three-point contest is fun. I think the the dunk contest obviously enjoyable. But that being said, I don't get the point in playing the game when, like, they're not playing defense. They're just, like, out there doing – they're just – It's literally for All-Star MVPs, dude. It's like one of the like we got to keep the record books going or something. I don't know. Uh, yeah, it really just seems like it's for the record books. It's just to it's give, a money grab it's, too. I mean, it's you, money grab. Get, it hands out more accolades. I don't know, man. I'm, and another thing, players acting like you don't want to do it. You're an NBA All Star. I get it, LeBron. You don't want to play. You did it 17 times. I bet you I know who wants to play. Jalen Brown. He's probably ecstatic. He's an All Star. LeBron said about these All-Star games, he was like, I don't agree with us playing the All-Star games. If I get the invite, I will go. Well, Yeah, put well, your foot down. Then put your foot down. Don't go. If, if LeBron James said he didn't want to go, they're not going to do it. They would be like, all right, we probably can cancel it then. Like, Damn. LeBron's not oh there. Oh my so, God. Oh, uh, so, yeah. oh, but they did announce they're going to do the same format as last year. Fourth quarter, it's the first team to score 24 points in honor of Kobe. They renamed the All-Star Game MVP trophy, the Kobe Bryant All-Star MVP Award. Hey, man. Best prediction of 2020. We just posted the superlatives, by the way, we on the that? Reddit. We built a – We built a. I made a Reddit. We are now on Reddit. There's check the Twitter. A... Check the Reddit Sorry. for the superlatives. But, yes, there was not a category for it, but we totally – I do think we predicted that around All-Star year last year. We might have All-Star. said it should be. If we uh, said it should have been, hey. and it absolutely should be. There's no re- – if you're going to do that format with the fourth quarter – then you should absolutely name the MVP trophy because he deserves the one, obviously. Um, Before we get out of here. Everyone is mocking me right now. There was a Jalen Brown commercial while you were talking, dude. I was 
it hurt me. Well, here's the Chris Paul commercial. I like Chris Paul. The He's the only reason Devin Booker's an all-star. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm sorry. Everyone that I, everyone I hate. There's I so I didn't much hate it. in this I didn't pod. mean it. I didn't mean it. Well, I got some hate, and it's also oh. not, a, I wouldn't even call it hate. We're actually just going to sort of revel in somebody's Misery? Unsuccess, misery, exactly. I have no idea what you're about to say. Um, college basketball, Zach. Classic Blue Bloods, Duke, North Carolina, and Kentucky all sitting outside the top 25 still. I wrote an, art, I wrote an editorial on the website about this probably like four weeks ago. That is another full month, basically. That's a full month and a half without them in the top 25. That is Living insane. document is what Daniel wrote. It's crazy. It's, it's crazy. It's forever accurate. Forever accurate. I mean, it's insane. I didn't think we would see it. Baylor Gonzaga still running the gamut, basically, at number one and two throughout the season up there. Me and Zach both said to each other, like, I told Zach that during the prep, and he goes... Is Gonzaga good? And I go, apparently. Apparently, they're pretty good. (laughs) I didn't know that. Um, Did see, you know. uh, Is Baylor good? No, Gonzaga's good. I was like, I thought Baylor was a women's basketball school. I mean, apparently, they're good, too. Um, There's like five. Hey, you want to feel old? Guess how old RG3 is. I don't want to do this. RG three is already thirty one years. He's thirty one. That makes me feel old. That really does make me feel old. Holy cow! He did that Heisman run like nine years ago. Oh my god! I miss RG three. That was great stuff. Rookie of the year. That was so good. Mm. Oh, didn't think you were going to hear about RG three this episode. Did I? Didn't think we were going (laughs) to hear about RG three this episode. All right, you got anything else for me, Dan? Uh. Be on the lookout for koozies and t-shirts. Koozies and t-shirts. We got stuff in the works. Go check out the Reddit. We're going to be posting. I'm trying to post stuff there. Oh, the Reddit. The check out the Instagram. We just got another account to monitor. Memes. Um, episode 72. Episode 72. Uh, South Carolina Gamecock fans, your, your Gamecock uh, basketball boys, got a Missouri game coming up against a Missouri coming off a loss to the dogs. So we'll uh, see if you can... So see if y'all can get the win there. That could be a big win for you. They're probably going to be like rank 22. Um, so you can get a rank win there. Uh, Clemson Tigers, Zach, looking like if you, you know, they can piece together a little Gotta get hot. little run in Gotta the uh, ACC tournament. Could possibly make a run into, into the, the big boy tournament, you know. We'll <laughs> see what boys. happens. With the big boys, not Duke, North Carolina, or Kentucky. Um yeah. yeah, I think that's all we got. So, basically, um, don't do bad in sports or we're going to talk about it on the pod. Don't take votes from jo- from uh, Gordon Hayward or Zach's going to hate you. Oh, man, it's not your fault, Jalen Brown. It's something to do with NBA voters. It's a problem in America with our people, obviously. Gordon, <laughs> people aren't watching basketball. That's it's what I It's a problem know. with America. <laughs> I mean, dude, you got a guy who broke his ankle leg on national tv game one leaves the who knows if he comes back he's performing better than his all-star year now zach's got me watching the freaking america's got talent gordon hayward's got a backstory on why he should be an all-star Dude, i will i will <laughs> interview you gordon and we'll talk all about this <laughs> and how you got snubbed episode 72 anti-Jalen Brown pod. (laughs) (laughs) We're out.
Thank you for listening to A Very Moody Sports Show with Daniel Moody and Zach Whittington. Stay tuned next week for more hot takes and good predictions. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and follow on Apple iTunes and Spotify, A Very Moody Sports Show. And also on social media, Moody Sports Page. That's M-O-O-D-Y Sports Page, all one word, on social media. And check out our website, MoodySportsPage.com. See you next week, guys.